Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, what a way to get it. He couldn't miss. He is now Arsenal's all-time greatest goal scorer. Record breaker, history maker. Thierry Henry is Arsenal's record goal scorer. What an impact. His first touch, and Arsenal have equalised. <laughs> Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Roebuck. On today's show, we're focusing on goals, goal scorers, all things goals. Eddie Nketiah relives his debut heroics against Norwich last season. Stand-up comedian Jim Campbell talks about Ian Wright's and Thierry Henry's goal record pursuits. But let's kick off with the king, Thierry Henry. When people think about my career at Arsenal, they always think that I arrived and I started to score goals and everything was nice. The boss was more than nice with me, the fans as always amazing with me. But still, you have to make sure you play and you perform. Because at the end of the day, that is the most important thing. And when I first arrived, I will always remember, I had to fight with, to, to get in the team, I had to fight with Davos Schuka, Nyanko Kanu, Dennis Bergkamp or Mark Overmars if I was going to play on the left. And coming after Nicolas Anelka. I mean, they're always going to compare us. French, striker, friend also. So, and that wasn't an easy one. Uh, I remember the time when I wasn't even coming on. You know, we played against Fiorentina uh, at the Wembley Stadium. I didn't even come on. We won a game 5-1 against Middlesbrough around just a bit before Christmas. I didn't even play. So it is a good reminder to say to some of the youngsters, and some of the guys that you need to work hard to make your way, because the competition at Arsenal to play as a striker was crazy. You know, you, you needed to perform. You don't doubt your ability. You know, that, that's not me. Because the boss, I was going through a phase also where the boss wanted me to, to play as a striker again. And I was kind of saying to myself, hang on a minute. I'm in a national team. I won the World Cup being a winger. So I was like, Am I kind of losing my time trying to relearn to play as a striker? That was more the thing. You, you're kind of getting... It is frustrating. You know, I'm, for me, at that particular moment, I've been playing. I started at 17, so I was... Uh, arrived in 99, so yeah, I, turn, I just turned 22. So I was like, I've been learning to play as a winger for five years, and I'm kind of... I'm not the best, but I'm not that bad. So I was kind of thinking, am I losing time? And the boss was keep on convincing me, no, you will see you have a better career if you play as a striker. 
because he reminded me that was my position and it is true that's right from the start as a youngster that was my position and he used to tell me I saw you scoring a lot of goals when you were young at Monaco and you can't just lose it you're getting sorry frustrated because it is frustrating and you're getting frustrated because you don't see it happening so you're kind of like uh, you said to the boss sometime maybe I should go back on the wing and I know I can bring a lot to the team and I, I felt kind of like I wasn't helping nobody there. And then uh, that uh, game against Derby where I scored uh, two goals and from that game I never left the team again. For me a good goal is a good goal. The finishing has to be the same, the way you go with the ball, the timing of your run, the way you're going to touch the ball every time to make sure that you don't push it too far and but you push it far enough to leave this one behind and not too far because if not the guy's going to get the ball and trying to do that full speed and to slalom in between people and score at the end. For me, you do that against anyone, it's a good goal. But for some people, which is I understand, it depends on the team, it depends on the stadium, it depends on when you're doing it. You know what, I've been, uh, someone reminded me something yesterday, which is, you know, I can, you can always talk about the, the Tottenham goal and all the Man United or the goal at Madrid or whatever. Uh, but there was one goal that was more than a goal. Not in terms of the game or the beauty of the goal or, or whatever that usually people talk about. And I felt it and I said it and at the time I remember scoring it, I felt it and we were talking about it in the dressing room and yesterday I had a discussion with someone and he reminded me whenever I see that goal I still can feel what happened that day in the stadium. It's the goal that I scored against Liverpool, drawing it 2-2, the game was uh, Robert Pires just scored and I scored the third one to make it 3-2. And I, it's the only time in my life that I felt a stadium breathing again. It was just crazy because I'm sure you remember we lost against Man United at the semi-final of the FA Cup. Straight after that, we had a great 45 minutes against, uh, against Chelsea. But I'm, I'm sure you remember we had to play four games in eight days and we collapsed in the second half against Chelsea. And they rightly won because they deserved it uh, on that day. But then we were 2-1 down against Liverpool and I felt that the stadium stopped breathing at one particular moment. We were having a, such a great season, people were talking about the treble and in a week we nearly lost everything. And when I scored that goal, not because, as I said to you, because of the goal, it's just I felt everyone was breathing again. I felt like everyone was breathing again and I never had that feeling ever again. Usually you, you, when you score a goal, you kind of, you share it with the fans and there is an explosion or whatever. But that day, I felt the stadium, like the stadium wasn't breathing before and suddenly the stadium was breathing straight after. It was kind of a great feeling because we didn't know where we were at that particular moment. And after that, you know, we were kind of losing our way and, and we came back straight away and, and we went on finishing the season unbeaten. Sometimes you got to react to what you have in front of you. So that's all I did. And I would have been upset. I think we were playing, I think we played a game in midweek before the Tottenham game against uh, Eindhoven in the Champions League. And I had a, quite of a similar run and I gave the ball. That wasn't the wrong thing to do, but I thought I could have scored. So I said to myself, if I ever have another opportunity, I think I will try to have a go. And the same thing happened on the, at the weekend against Tottenham. But then I would have been upset if I didn't score because Dennis was alone right on the side. 
So I think, thank God, I did finish that one because Dennis would have killed me. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Jim Campbell is a stand-up comedian and co-host of the brilliant Football Ramble podcast. Here's his chat with Arsenal Weekly Podcast producer Liam Roberts at the Edinburgh Fringe. Jim Campbell, welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hello, thanks for having um, me. We're in Edinburgh. We We've are. set the scene. We're in Edinburgh. Just come from your uh, your show. Brilliant. Yeah. Had a Thank great you very time. Much. Um, what's your experience been like at Edinburgh so far? Oh, it's been great. It's been it's a strange little bubble, is the Edinburgh Festival, but um, I've been really enjoying my show. The crowds have been nice. Um, reviews have been nice. Just the atmosphere here is brilliant. It's been a little while since I've been here doing a show, so um, yeah, it's been great. Obviously, I, you know, I miss the mothership of the football ramble, but I'll be back soon enough, so it's uh, it's fun. A bit like a football season, is it like the cliches work? It's like you're only as good as your last. Uh, performance oh, yeah, and, uh, very much so very and, much. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a marathon not a sprint yeah, and, yeah. I'm not fit I'm not fit first three you're like I've got yeah. to get match fit I was a that like, joke yeah, like, <laughs> um, so today we're talking about goals goals yeah. goals goals um, we're pretty lucky like, our generation has seen the Arsenal goal scoring record go twice in yes. under 20 years it's a rare thing um, I was looking at other teams like Manchester United Wayne Rooney beat Bobby Charlton's record 50 year record that happened yeah. a couple of seasons ago Frank Lampard Chelsea's record again 50 year record like just how unusual is it to yeah. have two goal scorers in 20 years to actually like smash records yeah it is I guess as well we're sort of blessed with the fact that um, when Thierry Henry broke it it was possibly the best Arsenal team we'd ever seen so we, I guess that sort of coincides uh, with, with that anomaly but um, yeah it's, it's been a great thing to witness and we've been very spoiled in, in that, that era yeah. um, and it, that's great to me because you know a lot of what makes football fun is, is the memories you have you know like you can get on a little nostalgia binge and go through some sort of Ian Wright or Thierry Henry you know, YouTube binges you know we've all just sort of sat there going I'm going to just watch some Freddie Lundberg goals for a couple of minutes you know it's great do you think we'll come back to Wright and Thierry in a minute but do you think the record will ever go again in our lifetime I reckon in our lifetime yeah um, I don't think it'll be for a while I, I think it's going to be because football's a very cyclical thing isn't it yeah. so I think it's it's possible but it might be 50 years yeah. you know? I suppose you've got to have a player who's going to stick around at a club for yeah, more than which is increasingly strange 10 years probably need yeah. 10 years to do it now yeah. um, seemed two very different records so Thierry it seemed inevitable yeah. from the moment he like 30 goals a season it was yeah. always going to happen righty it we kind of thought it was going to happen, but he joined the club late. He was, what, 25, 26? Well, Ian Wright is, is one of the reasons I support Arsenal, actually. I grew up um, in a town called Raynham in Essex, but it's also sort of Greater London as well, and everybody supported West Ham, but I just liked Arsenal, and uh, Ian Wright was a big big part of that for me. My family aren't big football fans, so I sort of came to it on my own, and it was Ian Wright that really made me sort of fall in love with it. I just loved the way he played. Just to sort of, in the same way he feels like a fan in the studio now, he felt like a fan on the pitch, just that big grin when he scored scored and yeah it just had such a finesse to him I think people forget that a little bit about Wrighty because you look back on those days and you know the Premier League wasn't maybe as slick as it is now and Arsenal had a reputation as being being boring and whatever but he was a very very slick player and he had a lot of skill and very fast he just had absolutely everything he's one of those players where you just knew he was going to score you knew he was going to dig you out and he was going to be the guy that you know solved the problem that you know you had um, and yeah it's almost like my football dad in a way <laughs> he never really got the 
international level because there was a couple of strikers always ahead yeah. of him. If he would have got that recognition, and not the fact he played in a poor England team, yeah. got the recognition, probably would have gone down as a world great. Absolutely, I think his reputation would, would probably have been a lot higher, I think. Uh, the day he broke the record, do you remember that? I remember it because he, uh, he celebrated it too early, didn't yeah. he? Do you remember? <laughs> he, um, he revealed his t shirt when he equalised it, right. and then typical right, he scored anyway. So, it's, uh, yeah, so, so that season he only got 11 goals. Yeah. And six of those came in the first two months, three of those in that one game against Bolton. Yeah. So I wonder if that's if that just played on his mind and yeah. it, you know it became such a such a thing to get that record. Because you see it happen quite often, don't you? Players yeah. they stutter a little bit when they've got this big thing hanging over them. Yeah. Um, and then going to Thierry, like we said, it seemed inevitable. How early did you kind of get the feeling he's gonna be the man? I think certainly in that season where um, uh, the two seasons before the unbeaten season where it's like okay this guy is uh, this guy's one of the best players in the world so there is no doubt about that and it was just the volume with which the, the goals were coming like, I mean obviously even before that it was clear that like, this guy's uh, a special thing he's sort of like a superhero to Arsenal fans really the closest thing I've ever known to that being real I suppose but yeah I mean very very early on it was clear this was someone special but it's just it's the consistency of it isn't it like once you know someone isn't a one season wonder or there aren't some sort of weird set of circumstances that mean that they're just, they've had a good season yeah it's, it's just I don't know it's hard to tell looking back isn't it it's, but it seems like it was always very obvious that he was going to go on and be an absolute great but it's the quality of the goals as well that volley from outside the area against Man United that goal against Man City the one that swerved in the air um, just so so many goals to think to look back on and savour the Sparta Prague game perfect perfect volley from the outside of the boot just sort of one of those beautiful finishes where it curls outside of the post and then yeah. back in just in the corner right in the bottom and he had so many of those goals in him I think was that the same season that he scored that goal against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. I, I, thought, yeah. I remember the same kit. Maybe that's maybe that's my memory. Yeah, it was the yellow kit. Highbury was like his back garden, yeah. wasn't it? He just looked so comfortable there, and he would just torture teams, just absolutely torment them. I remember Man City, Everton, and Villa in particular. Middlesbrough too, if they were in the, if they were there and about at the time, because they obviously flipped between. Um, you'd feel like Arsenal probably going to win this 4-0 <laughs> and Henri would be a big part of why that would happen. Yeah. Um, I know this is a blasphemous question, but. Out of the two of them, who would you take if you could only take one of them? I, it would be Henri. I love, I love my football <laughs> daddy and right, but Thierry Henry is one of the most impressive footballers I've ever seen. It was just absolute joy to watch him play. Favourite Arsenal goal you've ever witnessed? Um, in the flesh? Yeah, favourite, doesn't have to be the best of the, like, just your favourite goal. I was at uh, the Emirates for Jack Wilshire's goal against Norwich that won the goal of the season a few years ago, and that was a magnificent thing to behold. It was such a beautiful piece of skill uh, from the team, really. But um, yeah, it was uh, that was really quite special. I saw Meza Ozil's volley against Newcastle last season as well, which was uh, pretty special. I was right behind the corner that it nestled into as well, which made it look even better. So yeah, those two pretty special they were maybe the best goals what's your favourite goal memory again could have been a two yard tapping but kind of a goal that you associate just an amazing memory with I think actually it would be going back to Thierry Henry and everyone will know what I'm going to say it was the goal on his comeback against yeah. Leeds because he tormented Leeds so many times yeah. that was a big sort of hallmark of his time at, at Arsenal and also it was the goal that he'd scored a thousand times yeah. you know it's, it's, it's very rare that a player has almost like a special move but Henri yeah. did and that was such an emotional moment it was such a I can't think of anything comparable to it in football I said that was kind of the first real moment at Emirates I think I know yeah. it, what, four or five seasons Emirates had been around but it was the first time where it kind of felt home yeah um, absolutely yeah. Um, goal that you scored in the playground is there a goal you remember say like going over the commentary in your head uh -huh. as you're scoring uh, 
oh what a goal that um that a player scored yeah and you were kind of recreating yeah it, or... it would be be two of those um the 98 goal in the World Cup that Dennis Bergkamp scored for uh, for the Dutch, and also old to be playing football in the uh, playground at this time, but one that I, you know, again just sort of salivate over whenever I think about it is again Dennis Bergkamp against Newcastle, which is one of the greatest yeah. goals ever scored by anyone because it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. No. You look at it and you just think, how has he done that? And you can see he means it as well. A lot of people say he doesn't mean it, but it never breaks his concentration. You can you can see that he's, there's never a point where he is thrown by what's happened, and that um, is just phenomenal. Is that where you think people? Say- Sometimes think he didn't mean it because you can't explain it. Like, yeah, he's thinking I think of a so. different level, isn't I it? I think people it? just think, well, surely you can't, uh, surely he couldn't have meant that. Yeah. So I think it was possibly in his book. He talks about how he never scored his perfect goal. He had a goal in his head that he'd always wanted to score and he never managed to put it off in a match. And I don't know if he describes what it was or whether he kept that a secret, but I I love that. Yeah, it's got to be that, hasn't it, when he's talking about that? Um, And final one, goal you want to see hasn't happened yet. What is the goal you want to see Arsenal score? Goal I want to see Arsenal score. I tell you what, it's a rare thing and it's a beautiful thing. I'd love to see anyone score a goal from the halfway line for Arsenal. I'd absolutely love it. Someone weird as well. But I don't know. Peter Check coming yeah. out to make a long clearance. I was always going to say, it's going to be, that's, that was going to be Cockland's first goal, wasn't yeah. it? It was going to be the half. Yeah. Um, so, Jim, uh, got anything to plug? We got one at all? Yes. So, um, obviously, you can uh, check out the Football Ramble, my podcast, um, that I co-host with some absolute heroes at thefootballramble.com. And uh, you can also check out my stand-up stuff at mrjimcampbell.com. And um, I'm up here at the Edinburgh Festival at the moment, and I'm doing my show at the Mash House for Just a Tonic at 5.05, and it's pay what you want so you can book a ticket in advance through the Ed Fringe website or you can turn up on the door and hope the space and make a donation at the end if you so choose. Jim Campbell, thank you very much. Thank you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
Eddie and Ketcher burst onto the scene last season with a match-winning double in the Carabao Cup against Norwich. Here he is recalling that special night. Yeah, against Norwich, when I was told I was coming on 85th minute, I think it was, you know, I sprinted over as fast as I could, you know, pulled down my trousers as soon as possible and, you know, I was ready and in my shorts, put my shin pads on and, you know, I was itching to go on and, you know, all that was running from my mind, I was just thinking, oh, if I get one chance to try and get the team back in it, you know, I'll make sure I'm in the right position to take it. And, yeah, I was just really eager to make an impact and, you know, to come on and do so in such quick time, you know, 15 seconds. It was really great for me and my family and, you know, it's a big day for me. I always remember it. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant, you know, it was a great feeling for me. Um, you know, getting the first goal was great and, you know, for me, I just wanted to make sure, you know, I gave it all and made sure I helped the team, you know, get a positive result and to get the winner as well, you know, that's a great feeling. Um, it's what you dream about every night when you go to sleep as a kid and, you know, to turn it into reality, oh, it was a great feeling and, you know, like I said, the main thing was just to help the team and, you know, turn that result around and I'm so grateful and happy that, you know, I was able to do so and, you know, it was a proud moment for me and I'll never forget that day. You know, I was so overwhelmed, so excited, you know, uh, I even lost my head a bit, you know, with the celebration. I'm usually cool and calm with the celebrations, you know, uh, but yeah, I was so happy and delighted, you know, I just can't even remember. I just done, I think I done a knee slide, you know, classic knee slide and yeah, it was just a great feeling for me, like I said, I was so happy. Yeah, it was off the cuff, you know, I done, you know, the little celebration with the crossed arms, you know, like I said, I was just so overwhelmed and, you know, I was pumped, you know, I was feeling so excited and happy and, you know, to be able to celebrate with some of the academy boys that have been grafting and working with me, you know, it was a great feeling for me and really happy day. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> to be fair, the celebrations came up nice in the camera, so, you know, I wouldn't change a thing of that night and, you know, the only thing I say is maybe to get my hat-trick, but, you know, there's plenty of time for that. He's done it this time! What an extraordinary way to win the title. When an irresistible force meets an old immovable object, something's got to give. Roebuck versus. Yes, it is that time of the podcast once again. It is Roebuck versus. It is me, Dan Roebuck, versus the great and good of the Arsenal world. And today I'm pleased to say that we have got our pitch size Emirates presenter with us, uh, Nigel Mitchell. Nigel, how are you? Well, I was all right until you asked me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we've got uh, our producer, Liam, who is going to reveal the quiz. I have to say this to listeners as well, because some of them don't realise this, that I don't know the quiz beforehand. No. I honestly don't. You're as, you look as petrified as I do. <laughs> And the only person who's actually smiling genuinely in here is producer Liam, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. the only fun I have all week. Come, yeah, on. Come on. Okay, so we're talking goals today. Yeah. Goals, goals, goals on the yeah. podcast. But well, we see lots of them. We're going to do, I will give you a year. You'll tell me who you think is the leading scorer for Arsenal that season in the Premier League. Yeah. We're going to do five each. Yeah. I'm not going to double up. So Thierry Henry obviously did it several times. So once Henry's gone, he's gone. He's gone. It's Got exactly it. it. Okay. So this is 92, 93 onwards. Correct. Because that's okay. when football started. That's right? when football started, of course. Just a yeah. couple of decades to play with. They're yeah. not good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so who wants to go first? Uh, Nigel is the guest, so Nigel can go first. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start with 1997, 98. 97, 98. 97. So just a couple of years after the, the bottom. In the Premier League. So that's that was second oh, s- season. Third, first, third. first full season. First full, yeah. Remember, this is a podcast, Nigel. Yeah. No one can see us. Yeah. I want to say, can I say what I want to say? Of and then what you I'm can. going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say righty, but I think I'm going to say Nicholas Anelka. Uh-oh. Was it? Oh! No! 
Really? Wow, okay. 97, 98, Fur Cat. Yeah. What okay. was it? Premier League Premier League Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Okay, good, 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 so, good, good. Yeah. 2007, 2008. 07, 08 was probably Robin Van Persie. Manuel Adebayor. Oh! <laughs> nil, nil. This is hard. I like this game. Less and less by the second. <laughs> okay, it's like the worst penalty shoot ever. <laughs> Nigel? Nigel Mitchell. 1994, 95. 94, Ooh, 95. 94, 95. I'm going to go Ian, Ian Wright then. Has to be sure. Correct. Yes! 1-0-9. <laughs> so Wrighty's gone, Adebayo's mm. gone, Burkamp's gone. One robot. I'm, 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 I'm going to get... How many, have, how many have we got? Too yeah. many. You're too <laughs> many. Okay. 2014, 2015. 14-15 was... That's only four years ago. So Van Persie had gone, I think, by then, hadn't he? Mm. Giroud. It was Alexis. Oh! oh. 2009, 2010. 2009, 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. 2009, 10. Sam Roback, 2012, 2013. 12, 13 must have been RVP. Theo <laughs> I don't know why I was so nervous now. I love this game. Can I come so, back next week? <laughs> so, Nigel, for the win. 2015, 2016. 15, 16. Oh. That was a year after. Hmm. You know, you pull one out of the bag for the previous campaign. 15, 16. 15, 16 then would... Probably be Giroud. Correct. Oh, yes. oh man. <laughs> so that's it, is it? 3 0. Do you, do you want to do the final one? Yeah, do, 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 do the final on one then. anyway. Go just on just see if I can get okay. at least one. Uh, one. 1998 99. 98 99. That was, well, I want to say Henri. So it's got to be Henri. It's the Nelka. Oh, yeah. God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, yeah. No, that's I'm going to get him now. Yeah, and cool. finally, and finally, this is for four nil. This is for four nil and uh, yeah. 2010, 2011. Ooh, 2010, 2011. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm just trying to think who we had then. Have you had Robin van Persie yet? I've said it about three times. I'm going to uh, 2010, 11. I go Robin van Persie. He's done it. <laughs> I'd like to say it was a good game, Four Nigel, sorry. but... Um, uh, Four nothing. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. Well done. Thank you very much. Yeah, congr congratulations. Thank you. It's not <laughs> you're not welcome back again. <laughs> it was nice to be on the show. <laughs> well, that's full time on today's pod. Thanks to all of our contributors. You can help us out by subscribing to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. And while you're there, why not leave us a review and five-star rating? We'll be back next week when we'll be looking into our German influence. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.